Hello, everyone, and welcome back to yet another episode of the Founders Mafia podcast. Today, we are going to be joined by Dylan Shaw, who is a guest on our fireside. Also, we have two new co-hosts, Edmund Elbert and Eddie Zhu. Today, we'll talk about his experience, his journey, and how he brings his ideas to reality, just like he did with Yours Fitness. So without further ado, take it on, Edmund. People love playing video games, but it makes them less fit. And people love getting fit, but it sucks to work out. I've got friends who play video games while working out. Ain't that a surprise in today's world? Previously, I actually worked on a project that would somewhat gamify the workout process by offering rewards and such for completing workouts. However, your takes this to a whole new level, making the workout experience a game in and of itself, combining VR and with staying fit. It's the perfect game for anyone. Today, I have the pleasure of talking to the CEO and founder of Your, Dilan Shah. He's also He's a, a pub- published uh, writer, a long-time developer, and helped build Unity's new industrial XR applications, training resources, featuring projects all across AR Core, AR Kit, Holiant, Oculus Go, which is absolutely insane, Oculus Rift, and HTC Vive. Dylan is an early adopter of the special computing, AR, and VR, and it also auto kit with background in business, uh, administration, and computer science from USC. So let's take it away. How's it, how's it going, Dylan? Dylan? It's good. It's good. Uh, glad to be here. It's, uh, it's cool that you're using Discord stages to uh, formally do a podcast. Like I mentioned, uh, our entire company and community is like run on Discord. So love that you're doing this. Yeah, that's absolutely amazing. Um, and you saw, took a peek in your Discord. You guys have like 17K members, which is absolutely insane. Yeah, I mean, I think also uh, it's a, it's an easy sort of fallacy that just because the size of the Discord is, is large, um, that the community is really robust. So we're fortunate to have a robust community on top of its scale. So um yeah, we do a lot of, of onboardings. A lot of people find us through Beat Saber uh, because we have a mod there. And then uh, oftentimes uh, people post our overlay in videos on TikTok or, or YouTube shorts and, and find out about your that way. Yeah, that's that's absolutely insane. So can, can you start off uh, and tell me a little bit more about yourself, your and what's the current status with everything? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think you covered a little bit of my background. Uh, went to USC for business administration, uh, started programming at the age of 13. And so by the time I was at USC, I was focused a lot on sort of healthcare informatics and working with electronic health records um, in the healthcare space specifically. And around that time in 2013, 2014, I started to see um, AR through Vuforia on things like iPads uh, and sort of like the incarnation of mobile AR. And then I also started to see, you know, the Samsung Gear VR and the Oculus Dev Kit. And so, um, you know, just from personal passion, I started to pursue that as more of my professional interest. Uh, really quickly swapped over to uh, traveling the world with my last startup in the sports space. Um, where I was fortunate to sort of oversee activations in 18 different countries uh, with all kinds of different hardware on the VR and AR side. Um, But more importantly, it kind of built up my network as an executive in this space, um, working with folks like the CEO of Tribe XR, Tom and Palomeni, pretty closely. And uh, really, my skill set is that of a product manager. Uh, So when I get... um, when I get a closer look at sort of like what my day-to-day is like, it's also, you know, having a deep understanding of how Unity 
uh, and sort of the uh, foundational game engine technologies that build VR and AR technology uh, work underneath the hood, but then also drawing together sort of invaluable minds in, in the computer science space and design world to uh, work on basically making fitness a game. Um, so in uh, 2019, I started YUR with my co-founder Six, based on the insight that um, you know many of the games that were popular in VR were counterintuitively pretty active for exercise, and uh, we went off and built um, you know first a Beat Saber mod and then the Unity SDK, but it was built around this idea of taking movement data and turning it into fitness metrics in short. Yeah, I'm, that's really cool that you're able to tie both, you know, gaming and working out, like kind of two opposite uh, pieces of the spectrum. Um, yeah. But how exactly do you do you go along playing a game like this? Like, why would I use it? How would I use it? Uh, what exactly is your, if you don't mind explaining? Yeah, of course. Um, so at its foundation, it started out being um, like a data layer that takes movement data and this movement data type is called spatiotemporal data. So basically XYZ positional acceleration and velocity data um, coming off of the controllers and the headset uh, for VR specifically. So we're looking at VR specifically and we're saying for these people who have VR um, headsets, is there a way to quantify the energy expenditure of an individual as they're playing a game? So YUR uh, started out as just like middleware that sits inside of a game. Um, through injection or C-sharp uh, C -sharp injection. Uh, but then uh, over time, it became its, own, it's, it became its own background service. So on Windows or on Android, uh, you can just install it as an end user and it will track uh, sort of the life cycle of an application and sort of the movement data behind any application. Uh, and we also have a Unity SDK. So game developers can integrate our virtual watch which is kind of in you know it's basically a ui for the fitness metrics using skeuomorphic design we realized that like most people recognize a fitness watch when they see one uh, as like something that can track your health metrics so in vr we came up with a virtual object and um, began to like basically provide developers who wanted to focus on making video games uh, with the utility needed to like provide insight on fitness and health. Yeah, so essentially you're integrating your software with pre-existing games and applications. Or are you also planning to you know develop your own applications with that software? Yeah, we definitely have plans on our roadmap to ex extend the value of the um, SDK so that it continues to be a sort of leading solution for a variety of different things. When you think about the vernacular of staying fit or kinesiology or sports science, it's not something that most game developers really think about or focus on. Things like, you know, isometric holds, unilateral you know, time under tension. Like these are sort of uh, terms that come from the fitness world and don't necessarily make their way into developing games. So we see our roadmap as uh, developing this your fit technology further from beyond things like estimated heart rate. Uh, calorie burn and, and even squats. And one thing that's interesting about that squats metric that I just talked about is because you're wearing a headset ostensibly, um, when when you squat, we know kind of roughly where your position in space is. And so like over time, pattern recognition can tell us what different movements look like. Um, you know, you might imagine being able to quantify how many punches were thrown in a in a virtual world. And so like more in that direction is how we're moving forward on our roadmap.
Definitely very awesome. Um, I've actually never really heard of something like this before. Do you, do you have any competitors in the space or are you the first to market? We're the first to market uh, and, you know, especially for what we did with Beat Saber, I think the reason why it took off is because a lot of people had been looking for something specific like this. Um, and a lot of people who happen to have VR might, you know, might not have a wearable. And so uh, you might ask, like, sort of, are there are there other competitors? I think that, like, every headset manufacturer at this point has, uh, at this point in 2021, has... Um, realize that fitness is like a massive use case for this technology. So I think every major headset manufacturer and chipset um, is is thinking about optimizing uh, for this use case in some uh, in some capacity. But in short, I think that, that as, as far as like the full blown solution where you know you have um, integrations with Strava, MyFitnessPal, Apple Health, Google Fit, we're kind of alone in that domain right now. Well, uh, I think it's definitely very interesting you're going into the AR and VR space. Uh, there's a lot of lot of popularity with all that. Um, but probably, you know, a question along those lines. I know that VR, really growing market. Um, but do you think it's kind of going more so just a fad? Or do you see this thing going really, really big and kind of everybody seeing, doing using VR in the future? And where do you see it headed in, let's say, five years or so? Yeah, well, I mean, like I try to be really practical about market pontification and like right now obviously there's um you know anywhere from six to seven million active headsets i think by next year in january there'll be 10 million headsets active um and i do think that this is gonna it's gonna take some time as um when you listen to leadership in in sort of the positions at these various headset manufacturing companies uh they'll typically say you know it's not like the adoption of something like Netflix, where it's uh, it's digital, so it can scale up super quickly. It's going to take time and hardware shipping and obviously various iterations. So um, to answer your first question directly, I think this is a trillion dollar market. Um, I think that VR and AR as a computing platform is instead of sort of the console comparison that's often drawn. Um, so there are maybe hundreds of millions of consoles out there for the video game space, but I, I don't think that VR and AR is analogous to that. I personally think that it's the evolution of computing, you know, potentially after that of smartphones. And so for now, um, there, you know, pocket, uh, there are a few pockets that have dem demonstrable use right now. Gaming is one of them, which is kind of where we focus. And, um, yeah. you know, beyond that, though, the spatiotemporal data to fitness metrics could be used in any kind of use case. So if you are working on something for your sort of like, let's say you're in the AEC industry and you're working on some sort of BIM uh, model and you're just collaborating with other folks like obviously it'd be nice to know like sort of how long you've been standing for or like if you should take a break or if you've been doing repetitive mo movements i think these are kind of the use cases that are going to emerge so i know that you had an early grasp onto the ar and vr market so how did you think of that this is the this is the next you know biggest market uh and what, what were your thoughts on grabbing it yeah i mean so for me um in 2014 really is kind of like when i started to tinker around in evenings and weekends with ar and vr um like i'd mentioned vuforia before and and then um sort of the samsung gear vr i actually switched over to an android phone to just start to to tinker with it so this all started from a place of innate curiosity um i'm a visual person and part of the gamer generation so i grew up with things like gamecube playstation and Nintendo 64. 
So it was already kind of fascinating just as a, as a consumer of content. Uh, I was, I was thinking, wow, like this is realistically, you know, like tricking my brain into thinking that I'm, I'm like in a different space. And this was even before six degrees of freedom, like the ability to kind of move around. So I stuck with it out of baseline curiosity. And I, I thought that certainly there was a way that with uh, certain companies that are like Facebook that are backing this technology as temple companies, that it could eventually evolve into something more robust. Um, and then I've always personally been uh, extremely infatuated with fitness. So I've been a, an athlete and a, a fitness junkie for most of my life. Um, and that's born out of like just personal personal trauma with like, you know, family history with uh, heart disease and, and high cholesterol and things like this. But um, when those two things came together, when I met six, it was because we were realizing that this could be a fun way to exercise. So you know, there's a lot of, a lot of banter about like sort of um, founder market fit. And like, for me, this particular problem was the first time uh, where I felt like, honestly, there was something that was fun about fitness first. And then like the ancillary benefit happened to be exercise, but you don't often see that. Like you, you often see that for people who are really in need of, of exercise, um, accountability is prescribed, like, you know, traditional weightlifting or running is prescribed. And for a lot of people who I think acutely need intervention on like the preventative measures of exercise and, and sort of dietary and sleep intervention, like a lot of these points are, are just not easy to stick to. Like, uh, so, so this has the potential to actually drastically change that and uh, potentially hook people on proactive habits um, early on, I think, and then eventually have like the right habits built built into place. But yeah, long-winded answer, but that's kind of like initially what we saw um, as like why this could be really valuable. I could, I could definitely see this being really, really critical for, you know, those who might be spending hours on, uh, on, a, on a couch all day, maybe playing video games. But, you know, introducing a product like this, now they can actually combine that love for games uh, with also staying fit. Um, but, you know, for those who are, you know, kind of trying to gain muscle or get jacked or something like that, right? Can you see this kind of um, placing conventional methods? Can you see um, people who really want to build weight and muscle um, actually using this as an app to do so and being more effective than, you know, going to the gym and doing it as you would? Yeah. So as like a perennial gym goer myself, I think for things like strength gain and hypertrophy, you're not going to, uh, you know, be able to make an apples to apples comparison versus just like, you know, doing something that has resistance based training. I think the next iterations of, of, of uh, AR and VR technology will have a lot in the way of um, like you're familiar with how VR devices that are inside out um, actually orient themselves in space, right? It's basically, it's, it's through the cameras that are built into the headset. So um, essentially, like the way I, I would sort of see this developing is that over time, uh, VR and AR can in, inter, interact with, um, you know, more traditional strength training mechanic, mechanisms and mechanics. But right now, when you look at like experiences like, uh, namely Beat Saber or Audio Trip or Synth Riders or uh, even Ragnarok, like you're really just doing... Um, it's just like body weight kinetics, right? So there's like sort of a, a natural limitation to to what kind of hypertrophy and strength benefits can be derived from that. Um, but I think that over time, what I'm trying to say is, um, 
VR and AR can interface and will interface with things like weights, free weights, um, even other systems. And I would take a look at Black Box VR as a shout out for like a system that has been pulled together by one company to kind of combine strength and resistance training with VR in a way where, you know, when you're doing the, the compound movements, you're actually participating in a video game through VR. I mean, yeah, it, uh, like initially I just thought of maybe a cardio thing, but uh, if you can definitely incorporate that with, you know, lifting weights and, and actually building muscle, I can see uh, a major shift um, for the average person to shift to this, right? Um, so, so how big is your market in this? I mean, the age old um, Tam question, I think that right now sort of starting with our community, what we see is... Um, you know, that uh, we're growing like, you know, in, in double digit percentages month over month. And I, I think that when you look at the the gamer market in total, it's 2.4 billion, 2.45 billion people. Uh, I just think that it's going to take a little bit of time for hardware to get to a place where, you know, um, you know, many people, if not most people are are adopting the devices. Uh, it's a matter of time, I think, though, because I've seen some experiences that I can't like fully talk about where the the device itself is starting to deliver on sort of indistinguishable um, like meshing of, of digital co content with with physical content. And so, um, you know, other use cases will start to sort of emerge as that starts to become smaller and more form factor friendly. Well, I mean, in terms of... Uh... In terms of the the whole VR thing, right? Like a lot of people, you know, they play games on their PC or their PS4 or something like that. Um, but when it comes to VR, um, very uh, quite a few people, uh, not that many people, actually own one, or they kind of use it as a gimmick or uh, now and then, right? Like, how would you how do you shift that kind of vision? How do you shift people to to use it more often? Or is your product actually? Are you planning to have it? um so that it can incorporate with different products other than vr or you know what's your what's your stance on this yeah Edmund, i'm glad you brought that up because actually this year one of the main focuses of the company at yur has been to integrate a variety of uh, of wearables and wellness sources uh at popular demand from our community people wanted to see fitbit and um and other sort of wearables sync with your so now on ios and android you really can uh pair up over 300 wearables, including Apple Watch, Whoop Band, or Ring, et cetera, with your, and, and our big vision is kind of to make fitness a game. Um, and I, I think like kind of understanding the, the semantic layer of, of tracking health and fitness outside of VR is critical to that, because as you point out right now, session lengths are not so long, and, and you might even have a lot of like sort of idle users or people who have VR that have maybe put their headset down for, um, you know, a period of weeks or months. Um, so I think it was almost like, it was almost twofold. Like the people who are hyper engaged in your want to see, you know, the other 23 hours of their day reflect in their sort of level and XP. But then also it seems like in order for us to scale up and sort of, um, continue to thrive, um, we wanted to, uh, tap non VR users as well. And I think that's what we're doing now. Uh, so if you get our new iOS and Android app, which is just rolling out, store platforms uh you can sync up any pretty much any wearable with so i know you've been in the vr market for quite quite a bit uh so how how did it shape you to get into this vr market and what were your early careers or, or life um to develop who you're today 
uh, yeah. with VR? Yeah, um, for sure. So when I like when I grew up, I grew up in a household of uh, you know close family, but extended family that was both entrepreneurial, but also very close to the medical field. Uh, so there was like some intrinsic desire to um, to do something health related uh, from a very young age. But then I also uh, found myself gravitating towards programming. at a very young age and like understand kind of put me off of being sort of curiosity about how I was going to go and impact health or healthcare with a capital H and um, and what what my core competencies were which were namely like sort of technical digital health sort of things and I honestly saw how slow moving uh, healthcare was firsthand with a professional experience at Infor and so when this moment arose to sort of like sort of throw myself into the VR um, early on, I, I took it. And so I stuck with it and just kind of like kept looking at use cases in health tech uh, where VR and AR might apply. And uh, ultimately did find that um, that uh, fitness and health was completely under underutilized. And so, um, you know, being, being super infatuated with fitness and weightlifting also helped dramatically. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, the gaming industry is about 2.45 billion people. And it's about two-thirds of the entire digital industry. With so many gamers out there, who do you believe are interested in this type of game? Yeah, I mean, I think the steady gamer, like the competitive gamer, um, anybody who's interested in immersion, um, you know, at this point, it, it, it requires a little bit of a trade-off. If you're going to, you know, budget for like a console, um, it's hard to say if you're really going to buy, a, a, you know, a VR headset over that of a, an Xbox or a PlayStation. Uh, or a Nintendo Switch, but um, you know, thankfully, I think that a lot of people, especially in the VR space, when you talk to them, um, uh, really, they uh, they wouldn't trade it for the world because the experience is so vastly different from an Xbox, PlayStation, or Switch um, that once you kind of try it out, you can kind of get hooked. But uh, I think we're just starting to see, you know, the emergent design of what's possible like i think there's a lot of, of of design patterns that are being replicated by current vr developers and so i'm just thinking that over time the the type of gamer that will pick up a headset um will shift and require sort of re um reassessment but my answer to that would be kind of like the steady gamer or like the the competitive the competitive gamer i i would say i would exclude the esports gamer because i don't think esports is just their just yet uh, with VR, um, if that makes sense. So a little bit back to the business side of things. Um, so how, how did it go with raising capital, finding your co-founders? Did you bootstrap everything? Uh, did you raise money if you got bootstrapped? Do you have connections or was it difficult you know, getting into this industry? Um, I mean, so I had a professional experience that took me to San Francisco uh, and, and sort of through... Uh, 
through my own network, kind of built relationships with Boost VC, uh, which was sort of the uh, the fund that did uh, our pre-seed round. Uh, you know, there are seldom uh, funds that specialize at VRAR investing. 2016, 2017, Boost stood out among them. So Maddie Callender there and I kind of met at various VR events. And then I found my co-founder through uh, Upload VR, which was basically like a you know, meeting space for uh, different folks and individuals in the um, in the ecosystem. And uh, we had previously worked together and he had previously started a, a VR company that was venture back to. So when he was uh, CEO of Yer, um, it was uh, it was mostly his responsibility to fundraise for um, for us for from Boost VC and then the Venture Reality Fund. Um, but I'd say that it was pretty tight knit. And if you showed up to things like SVVR, um, or, or spent time in the space, uh, you know, working on, on anything, be it application development or, um, mixed reality shooting or, or any, even the co-working facilities, uh, you would eventually meet lots of, lots of different folks involved on the venture side. Um, and then like, once you have a good use case and some product metrics and traction, like I mentioned with Beat Saber, we had that, um, it's fairly, uh, it's it's fairly exciting this sort of this sort of future and and so I think um, as as sort of the the experiences continue to develop and hardware continues to get iterated on, um, we'll see more and more category investors and connected fitness and so on um, venture into into picking their winners in in this space too. Out of, uh, out of curiosity, was there like um, you know throughout throughout the course of the entire company, was there a specific point where you know, hard times kind of really fell and you're facing some sort of really difficult situation. I know that's really common among startup founders and such. So maybe share your experience there. Yeah, I mean, like, I think obviously um, when in September, like Facebook announced Oculus Move, um, we had like a relationship with, um, with, um, with, uh, with, well, basically Oculus Move coming out, it's like, you have to like give yourself a hard, a hard assessment or reassessment on whether or not the business model is a, is a strong fit. And so, um, you know, I talked to a, a strong a sort of senior growth PM friend of mine and like asked for advice and they were just like, Oh yeah, you can just ask the community what they think. And while like it seemed like it was going to be a big deal at the time, it turned out that the community really didn't mind it all that much. The fact that, um, Oculus was coming out with some sort of fitness tracker themselves. And so um, that kind of gives you the um, emboldenment to sort of double down on the on the sort of vision and the technology, um, and sort of you have to also be really mindful of uh, the startup journey has you know a lot of embedded knowledge that you know as a founder you you actually have to like and especially as a first time founder you have to constantly get better um, so you have to seek out awesome resources and coaches and so forth to um, to make the process easier by through through getting better. And um, I think like we haven't had like a super straight and narrow path. Um, so that was one such such blip or road bump, I would say. Ultimately, oh. um, we continue to scale up and, and it wasn't really that big of a deal. So um, like what, what would you say or what would be the most important advice you would give to someone who's aspiring to launch a company and what are the steps they can you know, set in place to build a truly successful product? Yeah, I think um, it, it's been like, it's been something that uh, folks on Twitter have been shouting about a lot, but it's kind of true is like 
building a community first is actually really valuable um, to kind of uh, figure out exactly um, if there is uh, enough organic interest behind a specific space to, to be able to bolster and hold the company. Um, but the prere- prerequisite to that is just to have innate, innate curiosity and uh, like passion and tenacity for a space. Um, and I think like if you if you have that, um, you know, you might go through various um, shifts and, and turns, not all of which might be in the seat of a founder, um, but you'll kind of you'll kind of be locked into something that uh, you could be a founder uh, in this space for. And uh, you just kind of have to like also open yourself up to the surface area uh, for luck as well. Right. Cause it's, it's not exactly like um, you always have to like sort of be super liberate about finding a co-founder or like sort of going through the process of deliberately doing these things. I think like oftentimes, um, uh, these things can follow like innate passion and curiosity and discipline. So that those would kind of be my three things and focus on yourself and kind of like in inculcating a sense of skill set and a sense of understanding for an ecosystem and watch it evolve. Yeah. So oh, one no. of the questions I had was if you can have, if you can choose three people, investors, advisors, anyone, uh, who would it be to have lunch with? Yeah, I mean, I think Keith Raboy is really fascinating. Uh, he obviously is also super interested in fitness. I find that a lot of the stuff that he posts, uh, I resonate with. I also think he's a fantastic, you know, company builder. Uh, so he would be one. Um, and uh, so other folks that jump out to me as sort of interesting. Um, I think uh, John Foley of, of Peloton would be an interesting one. Um, I think Peloton has an interesting roadmap ahead of it, uh, especially given that they're scaling up on the digital side now. Um, uh, but like, you know, they have like the bike and and sort of like other classes that are streaming. I think that their strategy is going to need some some really, uh, you know, sort of keen hands at the wheel uh, in order to um, sort of continue to scale and uh, to transform that business. And, and as a sort of consequence of that, I think that uh, he and I would have a lot to discuss. Um, and, um, I, I really appreciate, um, uh, you know, let me think about this for one sec. Um, Yeah, you know what? I'll come back to my third one. Um, I, I just want to leave it at those two for now. No problem. Yeah. No problem. But... I, I am sure with such a great product, there are many people trying to bring you down and tell you that what you're doing will never work. Is this true, and how would you deal with this? Yeah, I'm not sure if anybody's trying to bring me down and tell me. Competitors. No. Competitors do go far. Well... You know, I've got to say, like from a personal standpoint, from where I've seen everything, you know, before uh, a lot of hate, hate somewhat towards uh, tech and working out, you know, they, I, I kind of feel like like that. But in recent years, it's really, really become really popular. You know, Apple Watch, uh, now with your, uh, there's so many different products that are associating, you know, working out and getting fit with tech. And I asked you where the VR space would be in five years, but in terms of the company in and of itself, year. 
Like, where do you see it going in five, 10, you know, whatever yeah. years? Now? Yeah. And what do you, so what are some of your bigger, bigger projects? Where, where do you see this going if it goes huge? Yeah, we have an un unannounced project with one of the large head headset manufacturers that should be coming out in January of next year. Um, and then also, uh, I think like right now, YUR can be kind of considered as like a dashboard that sits at the intersection of a lot of VR and AR titles. Um, but over, over, over time in the next five years, I expect the unbundling of YUR's interface so that it's experienced around you and throughout the 24 hours of the day uh, as we kind of turn fitness into a game. That's really the big the big vision, turning fitness into a game. Awesome. I'm sure you probably gained quite a bit of traction during COVID as well. Everybody in their house or their apartment got barely any room, but you get a VR set and you bring Oculus uh, on board, right? Uh, here, and uh, you're kind of ready to go. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're unbeatable. Thank you, so thank you all so much for the opportunity to uh, chat about this use case. And it is definitely still emerging. And um, I think like the kind of most interesting piece is like the ability to serve an overlooked sort of audience of people who might not have uh, otherwise tracked their fitness um, without, without VR or AR. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. Definitely learned a few things about AR and VR. Never really got into the market. It's a very interesting market. Definitely will do some research after this on on this VR and AR market, but look forward to using your uh, really soon. Great. Thanks so very much for your time. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you for coming on.